This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello there, it's the Everton Fan Podcast, it's The View from the Gladys Street. A little later than normal this week, but with two games in the space of a week, as well as tonight being deadline day, we thought it was best to react to it all in one show. Plus... If we did the show on Monday after the Millwall result, I don't think we could have heard what was actually said. Anyway, I'm your host, Ian Kroll, and my guests today include regular Rob Astle. You all right, Rob? Evening, mate. Okay. I'm good. I'm making only a second appearance on the show. We have Gary Callahan. You all right, mate. And my third guest, we have Connor O'Neill. Um, just a reminder, the last time Gary was on the show, he said... If Everton beat Liverpool in the Merseyside derby, he would propose to his girlfriend. As we know, Everton lost. So, Gary, are you single? No, I went through with it. Oh, she well. said, yeah. Wow. Even though Everton didn't win the derby? Yeah, yeah I had to. <laughs> um, all right, then. Now that we've got the important stuff out the way, let's move on to Everton. Um, today's agenda it includes a bit of transfer talk, the Millwall reaction, Huddersfield reaction, a bit of a Wolves preview, and, of course, we'll finish on the fan podcasts. Um, currently, it's about half five on deadline day and by the time this show goes out we won't be as certain to whether there's going to be any ins or outs of the club but the main purpose of the show tonight is really to just look back at the past week and ahead to Wolves but first we will talk through transfers um, Connor there's obviously not as busy as it has been over um, the past couple of years in terms of um, January deadline day the, the main players at the moment are obviously Adrissa Gay potentially going to PSG and Michi Batswai potentially coming into Everton but you know it's it's already been reported that Everton have stood firm and are, you know not going to sell a guy and I think Batswai has been um, he could be off to West Ham or Real Betis on loan um, so the two names uh, obviously that have been linked what, what do you make of that situ- situation with guys he's put a transfer request in hasn't he he's you know he wasn't included in the team on Tuesday are we are we keeping a player here who doesn't want to be there? Should we should we sell should we have you know sell on tonight? Well, I think if these have offered more than twenty one million in their initial bid, mm-hmm. we probably would have been talking about Adrissa Gay not being at the club at the minute. I think these have offered thirty plus. He probably would have sold them there and then. Obviously, he's made it clear that he didn't want to be at the club. He's he's under a transfer request and so on. So. I think it's a, kind of one of them. It'll be an if, but a maybe. I, still, I think he'll be with us. He'll stay with us. I don't think he'll leave now. I mean, they've, they've been quite firm, haven't they, Everton, in that? He's the adamant he's going nowhere, and I think they've got to carry on with that stance now because if they don't, people will just say, well, nothing's changed here in the last 10 years. We're, we're still getting to their lines. They adamant we're not selling our best players, but ultimately, they always seem to find a way out the door. We've seen it time and time again. I've been like Mikel Arteta, um, you know, even Lamar Lukaku was was a bit of a drawn out saga, wasn't it? In yeah. the end, and I think ultimately the, the only way that the club can show that they've changed is by standing firm and and sort of knocking back any any offers. In terms of Mitchy Bashwai, I don't really think we were ever in for him. Mm. If I'm being honest, I think I think Chelsea wanted a I think thirty it, million pound bid. I, I think it was more pedal from his agent and Chelsea than Everton. You know. Everton people have put two and two together and thought well Everton needs a forward he's available he does not he's not wants to Valencia it makes perfect sense but I don't think we were ever really in for him and that again there's, there's just firm denial that they're not even interested I mean I seen the last I saw was that 
Sky were reporting and I know the Echo reported as well that they've got no interest in them so it's not even as if like oh well they're, they're open to maybe a loan move or not and there's, there's no interest so I think that tells you we need to know on where we are on, on deadlines eh, when it, as far as everything concerns Robert are we making the right decision then for both of those players keeping keeping Guy so close to the, the deadline as well as not spending 30, 35 million on that's why I think uh, I think <coughs> I think that's why you know definitely I don't think I don't think he's worth 35 million you know we pay we only paid 28 million for Romelu Lukaku and this lad isn't as, anywhere near as prolific, prolific as, as he was um, I did champion Batshuayi I think uh, a few podcasts ago but I think our circumstances have changed now um, if we were still on the cup I'd be like yeah let's go out and get you know a goal scorer in, or someone who we think can help score us goals season's a bit of a dead rubber now isn't it and there's, what's the point in spending money on what's potentially a short term fix you know it's, again it's a lot of money that we've been told that we haven't really got I'm quite pleased that the club have stood firm so far in regards to Adjusted Gay as well um, you know I, I agree with what Connor said there anything over 30 million I think we'd be t- uh, talking differently over it but at the same time it he is one of our better players but if that was to free up funds in the summer where we can use, spend it more wisely if you like then you know so be it like I said there's nothing really for us to play for now mm. so if we can kind of like use like a, like a, like a pre-plan you know to, to make to make way for, for uh, you know get wages off the bill and that so we can attack it straight away in the summer great but if he's staying sound if he's not sound that's I think that's where I'm at with it really it's yeah. it's if if the deal works for the club sound you know if it's 30 million plus I'd, I'd, to be honest with you I'd probably bite their hand off mm. but if he stays we've still got an half decent midfielder there okay say like, obviously I've told you the time that we're recording this po- podcast but say if PSG come in with a you know an 11th hour bid of 35 40 million Gary um and Everton just think that's too good to turn down. That's not really going to leave much time to replace. So you would expect we're just going to have to keep that bank, that money, keep it for the summer. So really, you know, the midfielders that we've got now, who's who's the replacements? Well, I think McCarthy would be, for me, I know it, we were talking about it the other week, that he's sort of like like for like for him. I think he could come in if we can get him fit, but it's a big if because he's never been fit. But... Like the lads have just said, I think if we got more money for Gay, then then we'd sell him. I think thirty or forty million would be a good deal. Just bad timing because mm. obviously we can't replace him. But um, I'm happy to keep him. I, I and I, like like they just said, if we got more money, then sell him. Maybe bank it for the summer. But I think we've got we've got a replacement in McCarthy, and I know Davey played quite well against Huddersfield the other day. Um, so maybe they could come in and do do a job if we got the right bid. But at the minute. I wouldn't sell him for twenty million. Good. I think. I think what the three comments here have said, like what kind, what it kind of proves, is like the apathy towards the squad at the minute. You know, they really let us down at the weekend, and at the end of the day, it's just a guy is part of. He's part of. You know, he's an older sign, and he's not. He's not a Marco Silva sign. I don't know. He's been great for us. You know, he's a snippet seven million. But was well, he not our best player up until probably? The Derby, Newcastle, Wofford, up until that point I in the season. I, I'd probably say there was a couple of other candidates. To be fair, but. You know he has got his limitations, and they've picked up on on the other Echo podcast as well. His distribution's terrible. You know he's good at nipping in again and, and taking the ball, 
but he can he passes sideways or backwards. He can't go forward what mm. what Marco Silva, you know, we believe wants. And I think as well, because he's part of the old he's he's part of the like an old older regime, I don't think there's any kind of like love for a lot of these players anymore, especially after you know, the, I don't think there's a love for anyone at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. But at least, but at least that you're willing to give the new players a ch- a more of a chance. These players have had three, ma- you know, some of them have had three managers, and they've done, you know, these down tools and and performed poorly for the best part of three, years, you know, two three years. And is it sorry to interrupt? Is it no coincidence that we've suffered our two biggest defeats of the season? <clears throat> one against Man City, three one. The other against Spurs, six two. When Adrissa Garner guy wasn't in the starting lineup. And that you kind of culminated in the start of the slump. Okay, I know just everyone reverts back to the Liverpool game as the start of the slump, but we drew with Newcastle and drew with Watford. It was when we started playing City and Tottenham when we really started getting hit for six, but quite literally. But they, but they're the, one of the you know they're two two out of the three the, the three of the best teams in the league. Aren't doesn't they? matter though, does it? Still, still conceded those goals. I think if Adrissa Garner gave us on that pitch, we would have. Especially the Tottenham game. I'm not saying the City game because I don't know. I, I'm a big advocate for Guy, and you know, I wanted them to stay. Go on, Connor. You're gonna. I I I just think that you've got to look at isn't that we're a better team in a minute than we're out a minute. And I think whenever you're judging someone or you know an individual in football terms, that's what you've got to go off. I mean, you know, Lukaku. Normally, Lukaku got absolutely battered with criticism when he's at Everton. My God, we were a better team with him as a focal point in the, the front line then we're out of now mm. and I think you know Adrissa Garnagay is, is of similar ilk he's not he's not he's got 30 goals a season but I think we're a better team with him and I think even when we've had them dark times we've been we've struggled he's probably been the shining light a little bit he's always kind of stuck on working hard and, and carried on ploughing mm. along and I, I would be disappointed to see him leave I mean, he could still get a transfer in the summer, couldn't he? Yeah, but it might not get thirty or forty. It, it, it might suit all parties from to go in the summer because Everton might turn around and go, "Well, actually, yeah, you know, you do want to go. We understand that, and it gives them longer to kind of work on building a bringing a replacement instead of the yeah. the now where it's like you either go with Tom Davis, who let's be honest, after the Lincoln game two two three weeks ago, we were all writing off and saying, you know. He needs to go and play in the championship to, to get some form. So yeah. to go from he's got to go and play in the championship to rediscover his form to oh he's now going to become you know the number one midfielder in the team. There's some is some rise and you know either then bank on your hopes on James McCarthy just coming back in, just, come, just yeah. coming back in like yeah. nothing's ever happened and you know, taking over the mantle of a dressing guy again. Which and we know, know and we know you know coming off a broken leg you know Seamus Coleman struggled after a while so it's unfair to pin it all on McCarthy but I, I, I mean I, I said to you didn't I, earlier it, it's a case of how do we even get McCarthy back in the team because ultimately you need to ease him, ease him back in mm. but how do you do that because doing it is not throwing him in against Manchester City at home on yeah. a Wednesday and Wednesday weeknight when they're going to come with the tails up potentially knowing that they could you know, close the gap even further. It's the it's, it's the game where they can put pressure on Liverpool. So you're putting them in there, and it's it's totally alien. And I just think it was vital that we kept gay, not to go through that little that table and kind of sort of sort of problems that that it would bring if we left the club. Mm. I think I think I think if we we had something to uh, to still play for this season, apart from you know personal pride and you know a couple of league places. I think I'd probably feel a little bit differently towards it, I think. But 
you know, it's it's going through the motions now for us between mm-hmm. now and between now and May, isn't it? And you know, we we, we can maybe what get a European place by default in in seventh if we finish seventh. Look what happened last time when we had yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, feasible, it's, you know, it's it's. I think that's why I'm kind of like, he is vital to our team. You know what I mean? He, he is good at what he does. He has got his limitations, which have been well documented as well. I just think if we get the right money for him, you know, why not? Just yeah, in the summer, like like we just said, it could be a, a good deal, thirty or forty million pound. It's just right now we can't afford to to let him go with like six or seven hours or maybe less of the transfer window to go we, it's just not it's not the right time to, to sell PSG made a mistake then like because there's been reports linking them with like a move to PSG for, for weeks but Everton hadn't actually received a, an offer yeah, I think they were just open that with a man and a transfer request in it forced our hand but obviously it's a good sign that for once we're saying no we want to keep Very our best players and, and we are this time hopefully I, I think as well it's the games we've still got to play isn't it because you know we, uh, I agree with Rob that our season is over but we've still got some massive games to play Goodison, yeah. we've still got to play you know City United we've got a big side of the title race effectively haven't we yeah, yeah but, but there are also games where if you don't really care and you don't go in there really that bothers you can get steamrolled like we did against Spurs which just does no one no good does it because that just causes for me, that was that was like the start of the you know no confidence and slump yeah. really. Like, but, but what goals. I'm saying is, if we don't go with a proper attitude and we don't go with our best team against them teams we've got to come, we will get steamrolled like we have done. I mean, you know, we could easily lose five 0 to Liverpool, five 0 to City because we've seen that this team's capable of. Mm. Yeah, sort of it, it's fragile, isn't it? Fragile when it gets to go, the going gets tough. So you've got to kind of keep your best players and try and build some momentum not to be on the wrong side of them absolute hammerings alright then to finish uh, off on that segment of the transfer uh, transfer window the, it's our understanding that uh, Balassi could be on his way to Anderlecht yeah, and Cuco Martina is on his way back to Goodison but don't worry he's also <laughs> coming back just to go to Feyenoord I just so. literally read on Twitter just as we started as well Fiorentina want to make Kevin Morales' deal permanent which is brilliant news for everybody <laughs> well, just, it, just quickly though how many people Hearts skipped a beat when they read the top line. Oh, no, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martina being cut. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I actually never seen. I seen Paul Rouge tweet a face saying Kuko Martina has been recalled by. That's what event. I saw first. And my heart skipped a beat, and I thought, "Oh my god!" Did you just think because of the <laughs> left back situation? Yeah. <laughs> it's only when I read on, I thought, "Oh, <laughs> I realised then." And I think there was an article from the Echo straight away. And, but yeah, I kind of got a little bit done by that one. No, no, I did as well. Clickbait that, didn't it? It, it, well, <laughs> it was a tweet at first. So you, did, you only had to click on the tweet. You didn't have to click on a link. Um, all right, then, to uh, what has been a very mixed week of results, uh, Rob, where where are you with it now? Millwall, obviously, and off other fields that we've had in the past week. Um, I think the Millwall game was nothing short of a disgrace from, from all sides, really, from... Um, you know, from the management side and the team, more so the team, if I'm being honest. There was a lot of comments after the match about um, our inability to defend set pieces. Because um, obviously we, we can see they, they had three goals on goal, they scored three times and it was... I'm going to put it out there, I don't think it was down to zonal marking or anything like that. What caused them problems? I genuinely think it was a complete lack of desire and respect for Millwall. Yeah. Um 
Uh, well, we were getting like, kicked all over the park from Millwall. From we didn't know. Right, yeah. We didn't. Yeah. We didn't it's seem like to have everyone the seemed we, to know they were going to make it ugly, apart from the uh, eleven we sent on the pitch. Yeah. And, and it, they just weren't up for it. Yeah. No. You know, and, and it showed. I think Richarlison in the first half got absolutely hauled down, and and it was just like, right, this is this is the tone of the game now, and we just didn't rise to the occasion, and we didn't show Millwall enough respect, and at the end of the day. It, we should be wiping the floor with teams like that. They at the end of the day, they're not even playing for like a playoff position in the championship. They're fighting relegation. Yeah. So people can blame Zonal Mark and all he wants, but to me that wasn't the problem on on um, it on was Saturday. Part of the big problem. <laughs> it it was purely a lack of desire from 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 the players and leading on to them Wednesday, it turned into a must win in a way because. If you carry on on this kind of slump for Silver, really, it was for Silver. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying he was close to the sack, but things wouldn't have been great with it, especially with the fans towards him, anyway. Um, but you know, we got the win. It was ugly. You know, it wasn't great. It should have been a lot more comfortable, I think, than than it was. But um, but it, it keeps us in touch with seventh, doesn't it? At the end of the day, that's. I mean, it, it sounds sad saying that keeps us in touch with seventh. But at the end of the day, we should be playing AFC Wimbledon in the cup next in, in the next couple of weeks, not Millwall. But well, Gary, you and Rob there have just kind of alluded to the fact that it was down to desire, effort. <clears throat> Everton players just didn't seem to want to know. That's obviously your your opinion. But can we not have any, you know, bugbears, complaints, whatever, for the handball and the yeah. fact that VAR is only be used in a selection of games in the FA Cup but didn't seem to be used yeah, well definitely used in- like obviously that did the goal against us like I think we should have had two penalties and obviously their goal shouldn't have been allowed but we can't we can't make excuses because we it shouldn't have got to that point anyway we shouldn't be conceding three goals against hmm. a, a, a relegation friend championship side it just shouldn't come to that in the first place so although you know we were un- unlucky if you like um it's not it's not a good enough excuse I don't think what one one point that I picked up on after the game on on, on the Sunday morning and I, I didn't even realise this the reason why VAR wasn't used was because Millwall didn't have the facilities to do so now if you're in the football league and you've not got the facilities to use VAR throw it out, should you be in the competition? Yeah well teams uh, well, like not allowed to be promoted because of the side of the stadium you know, the I, I, yeah. I didn't know that was the, the reason but Surely that goes down the league as well. There's there's going to be league two teams. There's going to be exactly. conference teams I, 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 in the club. I, I, I was there something similar in that. It's because championship clubs won't have VAR anyway because they can't afford it. But at the same time, though, it's such a big if, investment for the football league to make that. If if they want to play in competitions where VAR, well, don't have VAR full stop in it in the FA Cup. Then if mm. that's the case, yeah, because them, because them club because them clubs haven't got the ability to use it. So it's an unfair what deems to be an unfair advantage. For, for those who've got it surely in exactly. the you know and it could have really helped us I mean it could have worked the other way of course it could have but you know they had, they had two screens either side of the ground didn't they and you had the Millwall manager shouting them to it's get it off because they were showing the replay that it hand. so if if they if they can't afford or for, for whatever reason can't afford to put VAR in you either shouldn't be in the competition or you don't have VAR at all it's one. It's one or the other. You can't pick and choose really what games get given it. I'm sorry, you, you, it, it doesn't work like that. Imagine having the entire of the World Cup with VAR and then thinking, you know what, for the final we'll leave it. Stadiums. But even without the VAR, though, the referee went over to the linesman. 
yeah. after and, the goal because he was looking for an offside. Was, was it not just because of the handball? No, he was well. looking for an offside. I d- I think they knew something was amiss even beforehand. I did. I think they knew. Well, I know Rob hates every single referee and linesman in the world anyway, and they've just gone and proved how bad they are again. Really, haven't they? I just thought yeah. it was. Regardless of our performance, it was a disgraceful decision. It was, it was, it was, it was disgusting. But like Gary said, you know, we shouldn't have been in that position. We should have been out of sight. They yeah, shouldn't, I mean, they shouldn't I, have been allowed them chances. I, I, I actually was of the belief after the game that if Silva come out and starts more about the lack of VAR, then it was a coward's way out. Mm. Because, <clears throat> but teams can play bad though and still win, can't they? Be, yeah, because even even if that goal doesn't go in. And, and you know it, it gets choked off rightly for our ball we still draw 2-2 two, two, still bad results we were still terrible you know, but you're still in the cup aren't you yeah but you we, say you say sorry you say that but there's no guarantees that Millwall scored the third because it was the second goal that he scored it from wasn't it yeah in, in terms of the, the but, process but, but, of play but, but, but Millwall also say well if our goalie would have saved you just wouldn't have scored the first goal if our goal, you know it's 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 because of what it shows it is no no I, under, I understand I, I think for us, it's it's an easy battle to talk about the referee. What we need to look at is what you know was alluded to earlier. In that why didn't why didn't the eleven players who went out there know what they were in for? Why weren't they thinking we need to roll our sleeves up here, and pull our socks up because this is going to be our games? Where they, they, they'd, they'd even it's said it. They, the manager you know, had even said it before. Yeah, as soon as the draw yeah. got made, everyone I know involved with the Liverpool Everton fan or whatever was like oh, to be a tough game now no one wants to go to Millwall which is exactly why it was on BBC yeah you know no one wants yeah, to go to they prime time 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 time. no one wants to go to Millwall which they don't no, no one wants to go to Millwall so <laughs> even Millwall fans <laughs> yeah, so it's it's it, the fact that everyone knew everyone alluded to it but yeah the 11 players who went out there just look like they, they, they look like they were rabbits in the headlights if like oh you know this isn't and I actually thought with his team selection not playing Bernard Silva thought that himself a little bit he thought oh maybe this isn't the type of game where Bernard's going to be able to get the ball down and play and yeah. do a little flicks at all I'll be honest I don't want to criticise the team because beforehand full strength, I, yeah. I thought this is the team that I wanted mm-hmm. this is, other than maybe two or two up front like yeah. a four-four-two. that was maybe the only thing I would have done but everyone was calling Calvert-Lewin at the top everyone was calling for Richarlison on the left Luckman on the right um, and then obviously probably the team then picks itself so I had no complaints whatsoever with the starting line which is why it was very I know managers can motivate players and there's obviously there is that aspect as well but I had no complaints from from Silver and didn't think it was his fault and as Rob said and Gary said it is down to, it was probably down to the players as well which is mm-hmm. kind of being the you know, the thief of the whole yeah. season, really. Mm. Connor, just anyone can answer this should go and manage Everton, really, and, you know, hopefully win as a trophy. But this is going to be the longest ever period that Everton have never won a trophy. How do we win a trophy? <sighs> That's just a million dollar question. I don't think anyone knows the answer to. I mean, you, 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 I mean, it was only the like, Monday night when I looked at the draw to see what it was. And I seen the teams we were left in it. I thought, my God, like well, the draw, again, the, draw, another, the draw would have been kind. Uh, you know what I mean? And the fact that Chelsea are going to play Man United, yeah. so there's you know there's another one out. So you just thinking to yourself, you know, that's another missed opportunity. But the three hardest teams are Chelsea, United, or four. Um, City are still in, aren't they? Yeah, and yeah. Palace. Sorry, there's the four. So surely we would have had a very good chance. Yeah. Uh, uh, in terms of how we win a trophy. <laughs> You don't know, do you? Speechless. <laughs> it is because we've kind of seen every reason and every way how not to how not to win a trophy because we've kind of produced that over the years, haven't we? So 
how we win a trophy, I just don't know. I honestly just don't know. I mean, it, it, the only the only kind of question mark he could say is, you know, in the past it's been weak in teams, but like we said earlier, we played a strong team on Saturday, still got beat, so we can't even throw that one out there. You can't we can't mm-hmm. throw that tag out of like, oh well, you know, we need to start taking it more seriously. You know, the League Cup, for instance, we need we probably do need to take that more seriously from the mm. the, the lesser teams we tend to promote in that, but. I think whoever knows the answer to that question will make himself a very rich man. I think if you, I think as well. I think God, I, I know it's been a long time since we've won a trophy, but if you look at the last ten years, right, of who's won the FA Cup and who's won the League Cup, in majority it, of the top six, yeah, you know what I mean. It, it it turns into at the end of the day, the likes of Man City, right, can put out. A second string that's of, inter- better of internet team. that's better than our first team, right? So they can do that for the early rounds until they get to the heavy game, you know, the, your quarterfinals and semifinals, etc. Right? So when it comes to the the final and that, that they're running, they're, their teams effectively fresh, but we're having to play. We've either got to take the risk of playing a weakened team and going out early, or you're playing your full strength team and having to concentrate on the league as well and burning your players out. Mm. I don't know, it's not an excuse, but it's it's an insight in it. Especially when you look at who's won these trophies over the who's won that trophy over the years. Don't be wrong, I know we've got gotten to a final. Um, uh, Palace got to the final the other week, uh, the other year, but they still got beat. I mean, Ch- Chelsea. I think uh, Wigan was the last team, was it? Did they win Wigan was the, the anomaly. Was the anomaly really? Were, were, Couple have you know Swansea, Birmingham, I think, haven't they as well? Obviously, Leicester won the league, but probably look at where they, where those teams are now. A lot of them are you know what not I mean? even in the Premier League. Yeah, and but generally it's been your top six. You know, I mean, Arsenal have won it. How many times have Arsenal won the FA Cup this, the, the past 10, ten, years, ten years? Two or three. Yeah, and yeah. you know, it's, it's a, it, it, I think what you've got to do is, and I think Martin, Martin has had it right that second to last year, last year, whatever it was, when he basically went for all the trophies, he went for the FA Cup, he went for the, he went, tried mm-hmm. to get as far in Europe and he went for the League Cup. You know what I mean? He, he made a point of saying, we need a trophy on the wall. Yeah, and I, and I think as well, if he's been a little bit more streetwise, I mean, we used to be in them situations, we probably would have done, got at least one final that year. Because, but he wasn't smart enough no, to, to know how to defend. When we went to City and we were 2-1 up and Barkley scores after 20-odd minutes, instead of then saying, shutting up right, shop. Little angry, yeah. we're going to shut up shop now and defend, we were still trying to play the opener yeah. answer football that got us there. And it just left us wide open, wide didn't open, it? Yeah, to, so to, well, we were a penalty kick away from obviously Lukaku's missed penalty in the semis from playing Crystal Palace in the final was it that they play Crystal Palace in the final yeah, yeah that was that year, yeah, that so was that year. Crystal Palace in the final do you know what I mean it's just know. typical Everton nominee penalty kick away from playing Crystal Palace in the final yeah, yeah. and, and even, even that one the Man City one the ball goes out the ball goes out the ball goes out and they played on didn't they yeah. scores off it Alright, it's an impossible question to answer I, I, I understand that so we'll move on to, to Huddersfield um, Rob the Huddersfield game then I mean personally me I would rather have won the Millwall game and got beat Huddersfield but you know it is what it is it's life but you know we won so um, positives to take from that um, you know Davis Tosin seemed to yeah play think- play very well on Richarlison that's got to be his position now on the left he on can't left, yeah. he can't go back up front can he definitely you know he's it, it's a it's a tried and failed experiment, I suppose. This centre forward, this number nine role for a Charleston. He's too lightweight, and that's no fault of his own. He, you know, he's a he's a skillful Brazilian player. He's not going to be you know a big target man or anything like that. Um, but yeah, stick him, keep him out on the left because that's obviously where we're getting the best of him. 
Um, like I just said before, it was an ugly win on on Wednesday, and I think we needed that. It wasn't like just that pleased me in a way that we we were we, we showed some resilience, especially with sheet and you know went to a, as soon as we went to ten men, game yeah, as soon as we went to ten men, you thought, oh, where we go? And you know, I thought Kurt Zuma was 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 magnificent. Um, same with Michael Keane. Um, shame for Baines as well. <clears throat> a big shame, yeah. You know, let's, hope, well. let's hope, let's hope, you know, it's not too serious and he can be fit for Saturday. Otherwise, you know, it, you know we're obviously short in that position. But yeah, it was a good win. And I think, what are we, ninth now? Eighth? Ninth? Eighth, yeah. eighth, eighth. You know, we're in touch with seventh still, you know, finishing as we possibly can. Um, I think Wolves isn't it next so we're yeah, one point behind can, or two points behind Wolves so if they beat us though on it's, Saturday it's going to be five points it's, yeah. even at this stage of the season it's going to be a yeah. lot isn't it um, so you know it's a catch up on I think let's just try and finish the season as strong as we can now um, and make sure Liverpool don't win the league <laughs> if we get to do our bit yeah. do our yeah. bit for the world well <laughs> um, Gary we happy happy with the resilience that we showed against Huddersfield I mean we went down to 10 men obviously we were 1-0 up you know the last 15-20 minutes they kind of bombarded us didn't they and Pickford made one or two good saves yeah. so you know that's got to be something to shout about hasn't it that yeah, we just didn't definitely. fold over I think that's probably the most pleasing thing from it is the clean sheet and the resilience and I think like people have been saying in, in the past few podcasts about having leaders and I think putting Baines back in the team I think it's not a coincidence that we kept agreeing. I know we went off. Yeah, yeah. No, I, don't I agree think it's with you. That we better defensively. That we had a leader and someone who like knows what it's all about. You know what I mean? So yeah, the the most pleasing thing from it was the clean sheet and scrapping it out and, and having a bit of resilience. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna uh, like put it out there to you all on about about Wednesday as well. I think that team that defense struggles without Michael Keane against Lincoln. Michael Keane didn't play. Hmm. Got pampered with set pieces and we struggled with them. In Mill against Millwall, conceded for three set pieces. Do you think he's the one who shows the more leadership qualities I, then in that? Yeah, in that back yeah, four. He's I like do. a typical English centre half, and he'll yeah. put his put his head where where it can't really. Yeah, and I, I think like Zuma and Mina, they're good on the ball, and you like people have said in the past they'll split and they'll pass it off from the back, but Keane will do what a centre half does, and I think he's shown that more this season. Okay, Connor. In the grand scheme of things, then got a little stat here for you from your mate Paul Joyce. This past couple of seasons, obviously not really to shout about, but after the past five seasons, Everton, after 24 Premier League games, in 2014-15 season, they had 27 points. It was under Martinez. 2015-16 season, 32 points. That was under Martinez. 2016-17 season, they had 40 points under Cumin. Last season, which is the 2017-2018 season, they had 28 points, Cumin on holidays. So after 24 Premier League games this season, Silva's got 33. Is that is that any you know comparison? Can you pick any positives from that to say, well, look where we are now compared to what has happened over the past couple of seasons? Yeah, it's anything that's positive this season. I mean, you know, it's, it's not gone as smoothly as the plans what we hoped. But is, is expectation being considering we went at one point in in the table sixth? Mm-hmm. Do you think well, that think was a bit of a hindrance? That's more been than the anything? thing, I think we yo-yoed a little bit, so we kind of, we started off okay, but we were, we were vulnerable defensively, we were throwing away leads, but I mean, you look at the Bournemouth game, Wolves, we were giving away leads, then we kind of tailed off a little bit and struggled, I think the Huddersfield and the West Ham game. The West Ham game was a big one, wasn't it? Yeah, and then we kind of got it back together and shot up the table and put a good run of form together and then since then it was a little bit hit and miss and then obviously the Spurs game coming kind of 
crushed our season a little bit. Um, but I think there's positives in terms of the recruitment. I think the, the players who we brought in the summer have made a massive impact and you know really really helped us improve. Mm. You know, you look at Dina. You know, I know Bain's done well, and I put I think Dina's been probably our player of the year so far. Kurt Zoom has done well. Andre Gomez, obviously, I know he's tells us the last couple of weeks, but again, you know, has made an impact with Charleston, Bernard has shown flashes. So I certainly think there's 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 positives in the signs and I think what that's that shows there as well is that there's a little bit of stability. I mean I mean I was quite vocal with a couple of nights ago on Twitter saying no, we shouldn't sack him because we need a bit of stability and it again was nowhere and you look at them seasons where we're on low points, it has either been, you know, kind of all all's not well in terms of the Martinez last season where by all accounts it was going dramatically wrong from a very, very from pre season almost and that it kind of just took six months to curtail because we used to show flashes now and then and the Adlikaku's goals that helped them. And obviously last season, you know, again, it was just chaotic, wasn't it? You went from the, the Cumin to Unsworth to Allardyce, yeah. you know, it was it was everything and it. it was everything that was sort of chaotic, but was it was everything that kind of was being wrong with Everton in recent years. So I think them stats there back up that the little bit of stability we have had this season has paid dividends and you can look at it and think of it ways where we can improve, where we can kick on and I think it's a solid a solid base to build on. Gary, is Silva not like a bit of a, a victim of the of the league table? When I say that, I mean like from seventh probably down to like thirteenth, you could win one game and you could go back to seventh. You could lose a game and you could go to thirteenth, couldn't you? So you know that doesn't help, does it? There's no there's no balance. Obviously, if you win games, you're going to start picking up points. But at the moment, when we lose a game, you know there's a bit of a you know shelf no, for Silver to go. Definitely, isn't it? I think like they don't say the Premiership's the most competitive league in the world for no reason. Yeah. It is like it, there's no easy games, and um, like, there's games we should have won or got points out of that we haven't. But I mean, he's he's a new manager. I mean, you look at look at Sarri at Chelsea. I don't think anyone expected Bournemouth to beat them four 0 last night. You look at Emery at Arsenal. Things aren't all champagne and roses for them. So. We've, we've got to give them time like like they've just said the players we've signed are good players and we're still the best of the rest we're still seventh so I, I don't think it's it's all doom and gloom and like you say it, maybe it's close it's tight if we do win a few games which we're capable of doing because we've done it earlier in the season mm. We, I mean I know we can only play for seventh but you know like we just said finish the season as strongly as we can and, and see where we go from there there's there's no need to start knee-jerking it and saying sack him now it's, he's only had half a season it's you're right in what you've just said. It's, it's the, the league. Maybe he's a victim of, of how close the league is this season, and and one game can lift you three or four places or drop you three or four places. But you have to look at United, don't you? I mean, you know, when Mourinho towards the end of his reign, they were in ruins and they were struggling massively. You know, Solskjaer's come in and won six games on the bounce in the Premier yeah. League, and all of a sudden now, you know, it's champions. The, the, the top fours. They're a win from four. The, the top fours yeah. on, you know, and like you know, back in December when Mourinho was there, the top four hopes were gone. You know, people writing them mm. off saying, "Oh, they might struggle to even make the Europa League at this point." You know, they put six wins together, and, and now they're on the brink of the top four. And mm. I think I've always felt that every manager is a victim of the league table because I remember a couple of years ago with Stoke when Pulis was there, and I was advocating that Tony Pulis should be ever manageable. They were about ninth, I think, or tenth. And a lot of their fans were basically looking at it saying, oh, if only we had an Andrew who's more attacker-minded, mm. we could bridge the top seven here, we could put a run together to get, in the, the, you know, the, to get sixth, seventh. Pulis ends up losing the job off the back of that criticism. 
Stoke have never recovered since. No, they're in a different league now. And, yeah. and they're now in the Championship, all because the fans got too ahead of themselves looking at the league table. Whereas what they should have done is similar to what Bournemouth fans do. When no matter where they finish, they just look at it and go, "Yeah, but when Eddie also called, we were in League One." So you know, <laughs> the fact that we're even here is is a, is a, is is a masterstroke. So I always feel managers are a victim of the league table because you know Pochettino's the same now. Pochettino has done wonders at Spurs and he's a fantastic manager but yeah people look at it and go yeah but they're not they're on the top two though are they so is he really that No. he came out with a crazy shout though that what did he say trophies build egos that was a good I'd be annoyed if that yeah, was yeah I think a, a his, recent, his recent stuff he hasn't helped himself but I mean in the general consensus yeah. of the way he's judged I think you can almost you can almost go too far into looking at the league table you No, know, the league table is what it is but I think sometimes you've got to take into context what what's going on around what is, is what is happening behind the scenes almost. I mean, you know, you look at Silver and Marcel Brands when they arrived in the summer. Did anyone really understand the mess that they were inheriting? Because I had certainly yeah. didn't. I knew that they were inheriting a bit of a big squad and it needed you know improving and stuff like that. I didn't, but, certainly didn't think we'd finished six or above. Above no, uh, but but you look at what's come out since and what Brands and Silver happened to work with. I mean, just that piece alone in the echo last week about how much we're paying the some of the players for the wage bill. It, it's it's phenomenal, and that's not their fault. That's not Marco Silva's fault. He, he wasn't the man there giving out them mm. contracts, saying, "Oh no, I really want to keep Morgan Schneiderlin, so we'll give him X amount." And you know, Kevin Morales get a four-year deal yeah, to you know. That's not his fault. Other people's mistakes, so, yeah, as well as doing I, I, his own job. I, I, and that, and that, you got to take that into consideration, haven't you? That a lot of some. Some don't get me wrong, he's not totally immune from criticism because some of the stuff he has done hasn't been great. But I just think it's incredibly harsh to, to tarnish him with everything that's going wrong at the club at the minute because it's months. not his fault. Yeah. I think as well, I think I think Marco Silva he's the victim at the minute of of two to three years of poor management on and off the pitch and he's trying to resolve it. He's and brought he's still in trying to get it in number tens we signed three years. Yeah, ago. he's he's <laughs> trying to he's he's brought in what's he brought in? Five players, five players who you know it's no it's no secret they're our top performers this year. Well for four aren't they because Mira hasn't really had to Yeah four four body. of them yeah you know they're out there the ones who you know we're looking at like they're Lucas Dean play, potentially player of the season with Charleston to be fair he's averaging one and two you know and, what I mean and really and it, he hasn't been great the past couple of games mainly because he's been played out of position but he's still been scoring goals scoring, scoring goals yeah. so you know imagine imagine a Marco Silva team with the other six or seven players being his players you know it'll probably look completely different and feel completely different and it's. I, I've banged on about this all season. It's gonna take time, and we were all we were all angry after Saturday. We were all, and, and rightly so. But at the same time, I'm not gonna call for his head because who'd you get in? What you do? What you, you, you run the risk of turning into a Stoke, yeah. a Villa, a Sunderland, where you're churning out managers left, right, and centre. Oh, no, it's absolutely, and absolutely pointless. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard people say it, but like yeah. they've got no answer to you when you, you say you're going to bring in. No, yeah. I, I think you know the, the other thing as well is is that. You know, now more than ever, the club needs a bit of stability, doesn't it? He just mm. wants to come in, like Brandon Silver have done, you know, try and work things out, come up with a plan. You know, it's pointless, you know, almost bringing, getting rid of Silver now because the plan that him and Brandon must have been working on for the last seven months mm. was just going in the bin. Yeah. So that's seven months' work basically gone. gone. Yeah. And obviously, the, the big thing, what, has always been sort of muted. It happened with Koeman, didn't it, in his first season where they said that they, he come too late to get the transfer targets and that they were well behind. 
in terms of the recruitment because mm, other the clubs, manager other, by the time he was appointed other clubs already made a march on the players they wanted so you would like to think now it, Silver it, and Brands are looking at potential summer targets yeah, yeah. working on players who they can get looking at you know who they can bring in who's available maybe on loan stuff like that you've only got to look as well at, the, at how long it took David Moyes to really install himself as like to, to get Everton into a consistent mm-hmm. team you know it was 7th 17th 4th 11th and then it was top Six top seven then until he left the club you know it was it, it, that took time I don't know wrong there was some there was some bad games up and down you know in, in, yeah. them, in them first first three or four years yeah, under yeah. Moyes it takes time and he's got finished 17th can you imagine exactly, imagine you know, if yeah. that happened now with Twitter it, about exactly <laughs> you know it's, <laughs> he'd be hounded out within you know within yeah. six months and it, it's it it, it I think that's the perfect example of how it does take time. Look, look yeah. at look at look at Jurgen Klopp. It took him, it took him the best part of two three years to get Liverpool back to mm-hmm. after the mess they were on. They were left under under Brendan Rodgers. When well, he's trying to do all that, obviously brands as well mm-hmm. as well as win Premier League games on a weekly basis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's not it's, just about like he's implementing the philosophy with the team, but we've got to it might sound stupid but we've got to learn how to spend our money again because we were yeah. like a kid in a sweet shop where we were just buying mm. anything and anyone and under Moyes like I know we, we were sniffing out bargains all the time but he signed players for a reason for a purpose that fitted his, his team do you mm. know what I mean and we, we haven't been doing that we, we just got a load of money and went oh we'll have him, him, him and it's like well where do you play them but I don't know so I'll just I'll just fit them all in just to prove that I needed them all mm, so yeah. maybe now we've got a philosophy not just on the pitch but off the pitch as well and we're going to sign players that we actually need that are actually going to fit in and like they've just said that takes time you can only sign well, players at certain time well it, it, it's it's like you look at David Moyes as Everton as, as a prime example of how you should approach football shouldn't you you know that everything was sort of finally done yeah you no know, meticulous you mm, know mm. and I mean don't get me wrong, you know, I understand people's opinion on David Moyes, but some of them teams, what Rob talked about there earlier towards the end of his spell, they play some fantastic football. Yeah, they did. You know, they, like, you know the, the Leighton Bain Stephen Beaner partnership down the left was fantastic for years, wasn't and it? it? You know, still you know it, yeah. it, it, was, it was a joy to watch, you know, and, it, you know, other players, you know, we, we, we got other good players like, you know, Nigel Martin, you know, the, the impact he made in two seasons, and you, you, you look at that and, None of that comes overnight. Yeah, and you'd like to think now, bring that forward on the Marco Silva with better players around, yeah. with better resources, will incur better results. I tro- trophies. There's glimpses of, yeah. of talent that, glim- that he's signed. Yeah, there is glimpses of a good team there. We've played some decent stuff at times this season. It's just it's just certain other aspects of our, our game, which for me comes with the bulk of players there, which, which Trupito probably do need shifting on and moving on can't adapt to at the minute or aren't good enough for so and, and I think it's hard as well isn't it because you know Silver must be stuck a little bit between a rock and a hard place because he obviously wants to install his philosophy and wants the way, the way he wants to play and you can fully understand that why because he must be working on a daily basis but when you go through a rough patch as a manager you must be pretty thinking oh do we just go 4-5-1 here yeah. yeah we just you know back to basics yeah. we dog it out here you know and if by doing that sometimes you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot aren't well, you because a lot of people you, have said that haven't they you know you, back you, to basics you, 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 work, you work five days a week or four days a week or whatever it is on certain things and certain play and then come to Saturday it's like yeah well we spent I know we spent all the time but we can't really afford to lose this game state. So what we're going to do is so we're going to go 10 men behind the ball, hit yeah. Richardson, just keep the break, that in the back of your mind and, and, and dig in deep, you know what I mean? But keep that in mind because when we get through this patch, we're going to go back to that philosophy. You can't do that, can you, in the football? It's mm. impossible. So No, I know, it's a tough one. It, it is a tough one. And 
I just think we've got to you've got to stick with him and give him time and, and see what happens. And hopefully we will, which I think we will, obviously. Um, okay, then to the fan questions, last segment of the podcast. The view from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street podcast. Um, Gary, Matthew Barry, um, he was on the podcast a couple of, couple of weeks ago. He said, the current squad have shown over the past three seasons that they severely lack in guts and character. In the summer, do we need to sign players that have these qualities um, or do we need to go for the more cultured, skillful player, similar to maybe what we have now? No, I think we, we need a, a mixture of... of players who've, who've got, like you just said, a bit of skill and flair and we need players like who are going to stick the foot in and, and do the dirty work. Like I think it was mentioned a, a couple of weeks ago that we, we we miss a player like Gareth Barry, I think. I'm, I'm not saying we should go and sign a 35-year-old centre midfielder, but someone like that, you know what I mean? Like Especially if we sell that. if we sell gay in the summer, I think we need to we need to bring someone in who's, who's a bit of a you know, a bit of a unit and will put his foot in and, and, and do the dirty work, definitely. I think you can have too much of a good thing and we don't need too many attacker-minded players. We need someone who's going to fix our problems and at the minute it's, it's conceding goals, isn't it, and, and not defend them properly, so, yeah. OK, there you go, Matthew, there's your answer. Um, Rob, I mean, Stephen Grady has asked, I don't think obviously it's going to happen, but basically keep or sell uh, James McCarthy. Keep. Even in the summer? Uh, reevaluate then. Let's see what let's see what Silver wants to do in regards to to that player in the number six role, um, and then you can kind of judge it from there, really. Um, but definitely keep for now. You know, I know he's nowhere near fit, but he can still come off the bench and shore things up if needs be and whatnot for the time being until he is fully match fit. But yeah, okay. There's, there's your answer, Stephen. Um, Connor Martin Jameson. I mean, Rob and Gary touched upon this the Millwall game why we lost, but. Martin's asked, how much of the defeat to Millwall was down to the hostile environment created by the hosts? Well, it probably wouldn't, wouldn't have helped. And you, know, you probably use all the cliches that some of our lads weren't used to that and stuff like that. But, I mean, if we're going to so sit there and say we lost the game of football because we couldn't handle the, host, the hostile atmosphere, then might well pack up we might as well just pack yeah. up and go home, mightn't we? Because, you know... <laughs> That you just got to expect that in football, haven't you? You know, big games. I mean, we spoke about this a while ago on a podcast about atmospheres and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, And you know, if if you know, it's almost as it's almost as bad as when Liverpool were talking about the grass being too long at City. It's just it's pathetic, isn't it? Really, you know what I mean? Ultimately, ultimately, the hostile, um, the hostile atmosphere was the was kind of the problem that was posed to us, and we lost because we didn't we weren't, weren't able to answer it. That was that's basically. I, I think. I think as well, we played to the into the hands because, yeah. you know, you see it time and time again, don't you? The the crowds are rare enough for it, and the right up for it, and then the opposition bang gets a goal, and you you hear the comments they say, don't know, that that silenced the crowd. Mm. But then we, we let them score straight yeah, again. We we didn't have any moments on Saturday where you thought, oh, we've silenced the crowd now. Mm. You no, know, because every time we got ourselves in front. Five minutes later, we were back level, which just geed them up even more. Yeah, which which gives so you know the the set the the first one goes in, it's like oh we've got a chance. Yeah, the second one goes in, it's like oh you know we've got definitely got we can win this now, Hmm. and and that's what it was, wasn't it? You know, once that second one went in, I mean, I said to someone sitting next to me watching, I said there'll be another chance here, but it'll fall to Millwall because you could just see there was one team Hmm. who thought we can win this year. And one team who looked like they were on the ropes, and we were sadly the team who looked like we were on the ropes, not really knowing what to do. And the free kick gave them the perfect chance with the atmosphere to, to pump a long ball into the box. And 
you yeah. know. I think talking about the atmosphere, we we helped create the atmosphere, and we we, we were the masters of our own downfall. That, that was just as simple as we just like we've just said we played right into their hands. Yeah. Okay, Martin. As your answer, um, um, good, good, good question and uh, detailed answers there. Um, Rob, Steve Davis. I don't think it's a snooker player, Steve Davis. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Steve has asked if we don't sign Batshuayi in this window, which obviously we're not going to. Who do we persevere with up front? Is it Tosin or Dominic Carvert Lewin? As we've said, um, Richarlison's more probably going to play on the left more. I think it depends on the game. Why not give them both run, runs out? You know, it, in games where it's going to be a bit open, i.e. Wolves, where they're going to try and play. And we've got the opportunity to get in behind. You'd say Carvalhoon with his pace. But if it's going to be a more physical game where we need a good old-fashioned, you know, number nine where you can hold the ball up, Tosin's probably your answer. So both of them really, I wouldn't, I, w- I certainly wouldn't write, both, uh, write either of them off, but Tosin's certainly played his way into Silver's mind with, after the last two performances, you know, come on against Millwall and scored put in a solid performance whereas Calvert-Lewin did disappoint himself against Millwall I thought um, there was reports that he did pick up a knock, a knock before the Millwall game wasn't oh, it oh really yeah. oh, right. I, didn't know I saw that, that. Yeah. I mean I can confirm that but I saw that on yeah. Twitter so whether that contributed or not it may have played yeah. a part but if it did it probably shouldn't have started really yeah but, um, but yeah definitely use both of them okay there you go Steve um, last question then Gary um, this is a great name by the way Dinga Bell <laughs> has asked I think Fellini is off to China yeah. but he's asked if he doesn't go to China would you have him back no. or would you use him as an option no no. he doesn't fit in with our style of play no guys I mean, I'm actually gonna you gonna say st- yeah no I'm actually gonna say I was ahead of the game on this one because I said to Paul Wheelock who you know works for the Echo on Tuesday was it yeah Tuesday I actually said to him would you take Fellaini if, if you lost the Drissig at the end of the season right. and he said yeah did he? Yeah. yeah. I Interesting. said no. But I actually said, I actually caught that when I seen it. I thought someone who's, you know, Premier League experience, midfielder, you know, could he be an option? Play behind the striker of some sort. Well, know. he could play home road midfield, couldn't he? Play, he's played home road midfield before. Mm. So, but I actually caught that before. All right, don't brag about it. Oh, no. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. What are your thoughts, Rob? Would you, would you have him taken back now? Nah, Even for a short, short, same loan or I don't I, you know what if we were the type of team who like lumped it up you know late on to try and you know lace each to an opposition's goal mm-hmm. maybe but we don't we don't play to them strengths we don't um, he, he's not that kind of player is he so nah it's a no for me okay well we'll leave it there um, Gary thanks for coming on Rob thanks for coming on and Connor thanks for coming on um, for those listening thanks for listening um, just remember to subscribe rate and review the, uh, the Royal Blue podcast which is on iTunes and the Acast app the fan podcast will be back next Monday which is the 4th of February I think until then goodbye you've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo